Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. So this is the last thing Jesus said. Three words. It is finished. So what in the world was he talking about? What, what does it mean, it is finished? When you look at where we've been, looking at the different sayings of Jesus from the cross, I mean, some of them, we, they're easy to understand. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And Danny took us through Psalm 22 and the connection there. And even the thief on the cross, when he looked at him and said, today you'll be with me. But what did Jesus mean? It is finished. What is it? You ever thought about that? What, what is finished? I mean, I, have you ever heard that term? Somebody say it is finished? Uh, I remember a girl in college uh, looked at me and said, it is finished. <laughs> and all I could say was, thank you for using scripture to tell me. I'm, I'm very blessed. I mean, it can mean a lot of things. I think what it means is one of the coolest things ever. And I want to read it first out of John's gospel. John chapter 19, verse 30. And it gives you a little bit of the context. He's hanging on the cross and he's near the end. And according to John, this is the last thing that he said. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Now, I don't, I don't need that. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I just am intrigued when Jesus says something that, you know, you know it's big. It's from the cross. It's the last thing he said. And it makes me want to know more. The word finished, by the way, there are a lot of different words he could have used, but he used one, the telestai, which is a Greek word that literally means a mission is complete. That's one of the number one uses of it is a mission is complete. It's not used anywhere else in the New Testament. Only here, verse 30 and in verse 28, two verses in front of it. But it has something to do with a mission. So let's think about it. A mission that started in the garden. I mean the garden of Eden. When God created Adam and Eve. So let me paint a picture for you. Let me give you, as you know, I'm a, I'm a very visual learner, so it helps me to kind of imagine things. And if you get into that, you'll, you'll understand it. For those of you who don't, just bear with us. All right, this is the garden up here. Perfect. Chick-fil-A's open on Sunday. Um, no line at Disney. I mean, you know, think about a perfect place, okay, where everything works the way it's supposed to. Your dog comes housebroken. I mean, everything. Perfect. And then somebody shows up. Not God. No, God's been there the whole time, and he's walking with Adam and Eve, and they're enjoying a relationship. I mean, how cool would it be to walk with the creator of the heavens and the earth and just have a conversation in the evenings? There showed up an adversary. And that adversary had one goal somehow to destroy God's relationship with us. 
That was his goal. So as a serpent, he comes and he begins to question what God said. And he tries to get Adam and Eve to disobey, which he was successful. And they disobeyed God. And when they did, immediately everything changed. In fact, the first thing that changed, they looked at each other and they knew they were naked. Now, it was naked where I came from, but naked. I'm trying to be as precise as I can. They, they knew well, how did they, did they not know before? Nope. You see, immediately when sin entered the world, it began to separate. And the next thing you find them doing is hiding from God. What? God's the one that gave them all that. God's the one that walked with them, the one that loved them so much. But what are they doing now? Hiding. So you can see that when sin entered, it began to drive a wedge. And there was brokenness. And then God had to do something that I know broke his heart. He had to ask them to leave the garden. And so let's say where you're seated is where they had to go, okay? So now there's nobody here except your pastor. I'm the only one that made it, and I got to, no, 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 don't believe that. I'm out with you. So here we are, and this is what God wanted this is where we walk with God. We hang out with God. We know Him. We love Him. We can have fellowship. But that's where we are. So guess what God did? He did the only thing He could do to bring us home. He sent His Son. And the mission of Jesus was to reconcile us, to restore us to that place, to take us home. And he came to do that. Now, I can tell you what man did. We tried to figure it out on our own. So we invented things called religion. We invented things called, you know, give more money, do this, do good things. And so if you do enough of that, then maybe you get to come back. No. No coming back here. You can't do enough good. Jesus came to do that, to take care of that. And so Jesus shows up. And you remember that adversary that messed everything up in the start? Well, he came after Jesus. The temptations, even when Jesus was born, the decree that Herod sent out to kill all the male children under the age of two. Jesus was to be stopped. And every temptation, even from his own disciples, when they said, you don't have to go to the cross. And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. So everything Jesus did, the enemy was trying to stop him. It's as if the enemy knew that if Satan, I mean, if Jesus goes to the cross, something could happen. And that's exactly what happened. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you, that's me, that's you, who were once far off, separated by sin, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. In other words, we used to be separated, but now because of Jesus' death on a cross, there's a way, there's a door, there's an opportunity for us to know him and follow him and to be restored. So when Jesus dies, before he died, he said, it is finished. He meant the mission to rescue us, to restore us, to give us an opportunity. And not only did he say that, but he also took our sin 
and nailed it to the cross. He got it out of the way. Because remember, sin's what messed up everything to begin with. A sinful heart, the attitudes we have, I mean, just brokenness before God and doing things that we weren't supposed to do, all of that was separating us from God. So what did Jesus do? He nailed it to a tree. Let me read another verse. This is out of Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you, talking about us, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Well, what's that talking about? It's talking about all of our sins. It's talking about a list. In that culture, it was very common for a prisoner that was facing execution for sure, but most prisoners would have a list outside of the cell or wherever they were held. There would be a list of all the things they had done wrong. So that if you were wondering why they were in jail, there was a list. Very common. And so all of us have a list. And Jesus canceled it. You know, one of the uses of the word to telestai, it's really cool. The word for it is finished. You know one of the uses? They would write it over that list outside the cell when that prisoner was set free. When that prisoner was acquitted and they could go, they would write the word over all those offenses, literally, to say, it's finished. It's done. They're forgiven. Now think about it. We all have a list. You don't think you do? Ask your friends. Okay? Get them to make a list for you. Hey, you know what I did? I was able to get our staff to help me with this, and we have Danny's list. I've got it. It's got, I don't know how many pages. I mean, it's a, look at all this. You want me to read some of them? I mean, some of them are pretty good. Seriously. Think about this. And Jesus coming with his blood. And writing the word to Telestai, or it is finished, meaning he's forgiven. All the sin of the world, all of the list against us was nailed to the cross, and he removed the very thing that was between us and the Creator God, so we don't have to bear the burden or the punishment or the penalty of our sin. Can we give him thanks? Just thank you, Jesus. We're doing that. Now, he not only did that, but then he turns to the accuser and he does something to him. Verse 15, the next verse. Paul says, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over him or them in him. Meaning, the cross was a way that he beat the devil. He disarmed the devil, literally. I mean, it's just this picture that Jesus not only removed our sin, he dealt with the one that messed up things to begin with. And I don't know if that's ever gotten a hold of you, but I can tell you one night, I was headed out of a, out of a church. I pastored in Louisiana, and I heard shots, gunshots. Ended up there was a guy shooting at his girlfriend. He had thrown her out of the Suburban. He was driving, and she's running across one of our parking lots, and he's shooting at her. Well, I'm not going to just stand there. I jumped in my truck. I took off, and I got to the woman. I said, are you okay? She said, yeah. And I pulled over, and I got out, and I said, what, what happened? Well, he, he's mad. We were at a party, and he's mad at me, and he was shooting at me. I said, well, we can't have you out here. 
What if he comes back? I said, look, where are you going? She said, I'm going to my aunt's house down the road. I said, well, get, let's get there because I, I don't want something to happen to you. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, my God. And I look up and she has seen that suburban coming to us. And that's at night. It's late at night. And I know there's some of you in here that uh, are armed forces. You are police officers. You teach security lessons. You teach people what to do in moments like these. I didn't do anything right. I just want you to know. The only thing I did right was I cared for that woman. I told her, get behind me. Get behind me. I'm going to stand between you and him. And if he tries to shoot you, he's got to kill me first. Stand behind me. She gets behind me. Here's the headlights. I can't see anything. I mean, I have nothing. I can't see in the car. I don't know if he's got the gun out the window or what's going on. He stops right ahead of us. And I just slowly began to move out of the headlights where I could see. And I got around to his window and looked in. He's got his, he's got his hand on the gun right here on the console. And as his hand's on the, on the gun, I, I said, hey, man, how are you? He said, oh, it's a bad night. And he starts calling her names and all this. And, and I said, look, I know it's been a bad night, but don't make it worse. You need to go home. You, you just need to take a break. Go, go get a good night's sleep, and you guys figure this out tomorrow. And the whole time I'm talking, he's messing with that gun. And I remembered this verse. And I was saying, Jesus... I know on the cross you took Satan's weapons away. Could you come get this guy's gun right now? I mean, that would help me a lot in this moment somehow. Get this thing. Well, he didn't, but end of the story is he drove off. The woman was safe, and I went home and collapsed. That's the end of the story. I mean, it was, it was one of those moments. But, but here's what happened. I all of a sudden understood what it was like for somebody to step in front of me and say, David, just follow me. Just stay with me. And they faced my enemy, the devil. And you know what? They stripped him of his weapons on the cross, took every weapon away, and beat him literally with a stick, with a cross. I mean, how awesome is that? We have a Savior who did that for us. And so when it says, it is finished... It means he has been beaten. Your sin has been removed. Now, follow me. And who in their right mind would not follow? Hey, if you know somebody's done more for you than Jesus, follow them. But as for me, nobody's ever done for me what Jesus Christ has done. He finished it. I am going to follow him. And you know what else? He gave us a sign. That was a word from the cross. He gave us a sign. And the empty tomb. You know what he did in the empty tomb? According to John's gospel, the word got to the disciples and Simon Peter and John came running. Simon Peter came following him, that's John, and went into the tomb. Now John beat him there because John was a young disciple, okay, young legs. Simon Peter a little slower, but when he got there, Simon Peter goes on in, and this is what he sees. He saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. What is that? It's a sign. I believe with all my heart it was Jesus' way of saying, I don't need this anymore. I'll fold it up and leave it for you because it 
is finished. Now watch this. That cloth is called a sedarian in Greek. It's a, it's a cloth that was used by workers, and it was a cloth used when they would bury people because actually they put it over their face, sometimes to keep their mouth closed or to keep stuff away from their face. It just had a lot of different uses. But here's one of the uses that I think is especially cool. When a carpenter was doing work at your house, and he finished He'd take a rag like that that he'd used, like a handkerchief, it's like our handkerchief, and, or bandana, whatever you want to call it, that he had wiped, maybe sweat or whatever. Anyway, he took it, and when he left the job, he would fold it up and put it there so that it says to you, I'm done. My work is done here. It's finished. And I personally believe that Jesus cleaned up the tomb. His body was not stolen. I hear that all the time. Well, don't you think somebody could have stolen his body? When they steal from you in your house, do they clean up your house? Do they make it look better? No. His body wasn't stolen. He got up, and he folded the face cloth, and he made it just like that, and he laid it there. I heard about a mom that told her son, look, even Jesus cleaned the tomb up. Can't you clean your room up? I mean, my goodness. You can do that much. If you want to use that at home, go ahead. See how it works. <laughs> Let me know. He's saying, it's done. I, I don't need this anymore. It's finished. So what does that mean for us? Well, number one, it's finished. You don't have to hide anymore. You know where the most uncomfortable place on the earth is sometimes? In a church. Because you feel exposed. You can't hide. You don't have to. That's the first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned. They hid from him. Why? They were ashamed. They thought he was going to be mad at them and get them. Can I just tell you, this reminds me, he's not mad at us. He finished the mission because he loves us, and he is welcoming you. Quit hiding from the God who loves you so much, who absolutely created you and gave you life. It's okay be nervous, be okay to be anxious, but don't hide from him. Run to him. You know what else it tells me? Because it's finished, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Now think about it. You don't have to be afraid. Here's why. He beat death. He beat our greatest enemy. The only thing that's going to take you out of this world is death, right? So, I mean, really the one thing we have to be afraid of is, is death. And what, what did he do? He beat it, and then he folded the cloth and said, there, that fixes that. There's nothing this world can do that should bring fear. Now, yes, we get a little nervous. We get anxious. Man, I'm laying in the hospital last summer facing a surgery that I may not make it through. You never know. But all of a sudden, I remembered, hey, wait a minute. Jesus beat death. So that when that moment comes and I don't wake up, guess what? I'm more alive then than I've ever been. I will be with Jesus Christ. So death doesn't win. He beat death. I read a story about possums. Now, you're going to find this hard to believe, but I know it's true because I read it on the Internet. I know it's true. <laughs> Did you know a possum will not go into a hole if there's only one set of footprints going in or tracks going in? In other words, if he doesn't see any tracks coming out, he's not going in there. That's pretty smart, right? Well, don't be dumber than a possum. What do I mean? 
there's only one person who has ever had those footprints going into a grave, and guess what? Then turning around and coming out of the grave. That's the man I want to follow. That's the Savior, the King. He overcame my enemy death, and nobody's ever done that but Jesus. So don't be afraid. You say, well, I don't know what's going to happen next week. He's got it. He's got it. Just give it to him and say, you beat death. Here it is, Jesus. And then you don't have to be imprisoned by yourself. You don't have to try to work everything out and fix your life. How many people are just so bound under the weight of trying to get it right, trying to fix everything, and they don't realize Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. And let him set you free. Broke the chains. I mean, literally, he came to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. So follow him. And then the last thing, because it's finished, I'm not alone. Because of this, I'm not alone. Because you know what? If he's not in that tomb, where is he? I know where he is. He's with me. He's with you. And he will never leave us or forsake us even to the ends of the earth. To know that he is with us. Do you realize what the first thing he said to the disciples was? I mean, think about when, when they have said goodbye to him and they watched him die and they put him in a grave and then they don't know where he is. You know what the first thing he said when he showed up behind closed doors in John's gospel? He just appears in front of the disciples. Now, he's already talked to Mary, but he hadn't talked to the disciples yet and he shows up. What would be your first thing to say to those guys? Eleven guys that followed you for three years, and you tried to tell them what was going to happen, and they still couldn't get it. I would have shown up and said, I told you so. What, what am I supposed to say? You know what he said? Peace be with you. First thing out of his mouth, peace. You know what he wants to say to you this morning? Peace. Settle down. Chill. Peace. I'm with you. And it just brings to me this sense that it's going to be okay. You know why? The mission of Jesus doesn't end with a funeral. It ends with a festival called Easter. And Easter is not just a declaration of life. It's an invitation to live. So follow Jesus Christ today. Let's follow Jesus Christ. So can I ask you, have you ever said, Jesus, I'm following you? I believe in you. Nobody's ever done for me what you've done, and I want to follow you. I want us to do that today. I think on this Easter, there'd be no better way to celebrate than to say, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for finishing the mission so that I could be restored to my Creator and to my Father. Can we just bow together here in the room? And if you're streaming, just take a moment and think about this. Would you be willing to just simply pray with me? And it's a very simple prayer. Wherever you are, in the room or online, pray this. Jesus, thank you for finishing the mission. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for giving me hope. And Jesus, I choose to follow you the rest of my days. Tell him this, Jesus, nobody's ever done for me what you did for me. 
and I will forever be thankful. Jesus, I'm following you. In Jesus' name. Now look this way a moment. If you're streaming, could you let us know if you prayed that, if you said that? Could you just text us? Text the word CONNECT, 40777. And what that just means is that, hey, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm following Jesus. And today I made that choice. I took that step. You're in the room. You can do that as well. It's easy to text. And what that text says is, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you got it all figured out. It just means, hey, I know Jesus has done for me what no one else has done. I'm following Jesus Christ. And we want to help you. We want to encourage you. So when you text that, you'll get a response. If you're in the room, you can also have an opportunity to talk to somebody about this. If you'd like, there's a place on either side, Welcome Centers B and A, where you called Connections. And you just go there, and there's somebody there. Just tell them, say, hey, I, I prayed today, and I, I'm not really sure what I need to do next. And they're there to help you understand what that next step is. I just know this. Because it's finished. And I know Jesus finished the mission and walked out of the grave to say it's done follow me I can tell you because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives I can face today and because he lives hey I can face the future why because Jesus Christ lives can we just thank him and celebrate him Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.